Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm He Yang. Good to have you join us on today's show. If you're living in China, you're likely well aware of how ubiquitous mobile payments have become, rendering the physical wallet nearly obsolete. Today, let's go retro and explore the question: Can cash still help you save? Is relying on good old-fashioned cash truly the secret to building up your savings? And in the hustle. For on-the-go charging, shared power banks emerged as a savior, but a decade later, users grumble as prices soar. What began as a promising solution to battery anxiety has now become increasingly expensive, leaving consumers questioning the fairness of the hike. For today's program, I'm joined by Xingyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show. For today's youth in China, they're not only digital natives of the internet; they're also unfamiliar with the idea of digging through a physical wallet for cash. But perhaps surprisingly, when it comes to saving money, cash seems to be making a comeback. Many young people say on the internet that using cash helps them manage their finances better and save more effectively. So, a quick browse on social media these days, you'll find lots of discussion on young people saying. They are financially stretched、mm-hmm. and looking for ways to save up. And I wonder, really, how truly does that reflect their financial situation? And also, if you ask me or someone, do you have enough money? Rarely does somebody say affirmatively, "Yes." Right. <laughs> so, what explains this background? I suppose.、Mm, well, definitely for me. I wouldn't say that I have enough money. <laughs>、um, I think <laughs> I think it's really hard to define enough. You know, it's very subjective, and probably everyone can have different measurements or ideas about their financial situations.、Um, or I think,、uh, will people ever feel enough about the amount of money they have? Wouldn't they just feel that the more the merrier? Especially on internet、uh, these days, you would easily. See the news and social media posts about these successful young businessmen and CEOs who、oh. have achieved the status of financial independence, and you wonder when will I ever achieve financial independence? And I would retire early and travel across the world. But you know, making money is one thing, but how you spend also matters a lot for, especially for today's young generation in China.、Mm-hmm. I remember my parents would always tell me to save money, you know, since you've started working. But it's really hard, especially over the past years. Our spending habits have tremendously changed. I cannot recall the last time I opened my wallet and、uh, paid something with cash. I think the rise of e-commerce and、um, online shopping, and also mobile payments, which、uh, witnessed rapid development in China over the years, were just so used to digital payments, such as shopping online or its indoor purchases or utility bills,、uh, even street vendors. Basically, you just need to bring your phone to everywhere you go, and you don't need any cash or wallets. But somehow. This spending habits has really changed 
the way people save money and how they view consumption? Yeah, sure. Well, for me personally, I think that owning a owning property is is everything, or the inability to own property. This is the most important thing, and I think that housing, at least in my own country, is so. Um, it's just so out of reach for most young people. Even the idea of owning a home is is so out of reach for so many young people, and so many young people are in so much student debt in my own country um, that it is easy to think, well, oh, if only they didn't spend so much money on you know all of this technology, or why do why do you have to have a new phone, or why do you have to have this new pair of trainers? You know, like look at. Um, Elon Musk and the story about him like living off plain pasta for like six months or something like that. But I think that's quite insulting really to young people to to suggest these kind of things because ultimately if if they can't afford housing, then what else do you expect, you know, a human to do? Um, I, I think that uh, it's not not particularly related, to be honest. I don't think that this generation, younger generations are particularly frivolous compared to older generations. And we even have evidence to suggest that younger generations these days are less frivolous. They are more careful with money. They are more health conscious. They are more environmentally conscious um, and stuff like this. So I think there's a genuine issue at hand. Hmm. Some interesting points that both of you have brought up. I'll try to respond to a couple of them. Josh, what you mentioned earlier about, oh, it just seems to be so extremely out of reach for an average young person in the UK, for example, to own his own property one day as it feels, then would people, maybe this property dream just looks a little bit out of reach and therefore why not pay for that overpriced beer in front of me? You know, at least like now with chugging down that beer, I'd be happier. And although the, you know, individual price of it is quite expensive, but but at least I can afford it now. And that's not really building up towards your dream of financial freedom or owning a house in the long run. But, you know, I'll just resort to that temporary indulgence instead. I mean, do, do you see that kind of mentality playing out too? Sort of, but I think if we're talking about drinking a beer, I think that's very sad, you know? <laughs> I think that when it comes to, but it is, right? I think that is that is the truth for some people, but that's a really, that should be the lowest uh, point that you go to, right? That you are so financially, like everything, like ta really tangible and important um, financially or like tangibly like a house or a car or something like this is so out of reach that you might, buy an expensive beer. I mean, the difference between pricing here is is massive. Mm -hmm. I don't think not I don't think not buying a few beers on the weekend is going to make any difference to whether you could afford a house. Um and again, as I say, I think a lot of younger generations aren't buying those expensive IPAs uh, anymore. I think me and you, Ho-Yang, we're probably if if I think we're the same generation, I think we're the last generation to be buying those really expensive IPAs, to be honest, don't hmm. you think? Well, not until we earn the big bucks, dude. Let's just dream about that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
well, okay. I'm what a sad not, bunch. Yeah. Sorry, you know, you don't belong in that camp. And Xiu <laughs> Yu, you have something to say? Yeah, um, actually, what you guys have just mentioned has something to do with a new concept that's emerging in China, especially among these younger people in the first tier cities in China, like Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Shenzhen. It's called Ningba Xiaofei, or conflicted consumption mentality. That on one hand, you want to save some money for the future, or let's say buying a house for yourself. And uh, in the meantime, you also want to enjoy your own life. You don't want to be that thrifty and to save every penny that you have and not being able to enjoy your life. So that's kind of the controversy that's going on between many uh, minds of these young people nowadays. Yeah, and that I've seen discussions about. And also, one of you mentioned how some people. Really want to get the latest edition of the smartphone. Actually, I don't think that the、um, phone of a particular brand is really that sought after after its、um, debut release every year anymore. Maybe people are kind of tired of the thought now. But what's really interesting is if we take the smartphone as an example, it has been manufactured and designed in a way not to last. So this is called planned obsolescence. Basically, this concept is where products are intentionally designed to have a limited lifespan, thus necessitating frequent replacements. And the smartphone is a good example. Also, originally, like about a hundred years ago, the mass production of light bulbs was manufactured this way as well.、Mm-hmm. So. It's not meant to last. It's meant for you to come back for the next edition in a year's time. Or so these concepts are embedded in manufacturing, in product design, and enticing you to spend more. I think there's also you know more going on in that sense that that it's not like. We human beings are really that weak. We can't stand, you know, all this advertising that's going on. It's,、um, you know, there are some really powerful forces that are making you or enticing you to spend, and that is also, you know, key to the economy. And also, there is a psychological manipulation when it comes to selling these products to us. You know. In the industry of advertising, there's this classic saying that when a person sees a car and you don't know why, but you want to buy it, and that's just the best kind of advertising. So there are a lot going on in multiple industries, so that people can spend, and that is key to the growth of the economy. And now a lot of young people are saying that, oh, maybe I should turn to cash. Instead of my digital payment methods of apps, and it's widely acknowledged that in our minds, digital spending doesn't have the same impact as spending physical cash. And can you elaborate on how the increase in mobile payment usage exacerbates this financial challenge? Mm-hmm. I'll just give one of the examples or an anecdote that I've read online. Actually. 
a Shanghai local nicknamed Bagel. <laughs> you know, she, like many of us, was used to digital payments, and she earns like a ten thousand yuan, so that's around fourteen hundred dollars a month. But she never pays attention to her spending until recently, a few months ago. She discovered that she sometimes would encounter the situation where her bank balance wasn't enough for the stuff that she wants to. Buy. So that's when she started to go through her phone to check what she had purchased before online, and she was really astonished that each expenditure was like less than two hundred yuan or three hundred yuan. So that's around twenty to forty dollars、uh, for each item she bought. But when you add them up, that's quite a large sum of money. So I think it's a very common situation that many young people are facing right now. So one thing. Why digital payments is able to make you spend more is that when you pay online, it doesn't feel like I'm spending the money. It's just the numbers shown on the phone.、Mm-hmm. So I think, in a sense, it blurred the sense of spending. So unlike physical cash, it has a tangible presence, and when you Spend the money; it will have some psychological impact, or probably physical impact,、uh, <laughs> when you open the wallet and count the cash, and then give it to the register and everything. So, I think in a way that the abstract nature of transaction really detach individuals from the reality of money leaving their possession. So that can, in some way, increase spending. Yeah, well,、um, you covered quite a few points there, but I think that it's really psychological. I think, and it's like this idea about separation. I think that we we don't like to separate ourselves from physical objects, right? Or we can sort of feel that we're losing something if something physical is is given away, right?、Mm-hmm. And、um, when something's digital, it, it makes it it doesn't really feel that way.、Mm-hmm. But、um, I know, I, I know, I really feel this difference because, as I know. Um, you guys as well have spent time abroad, and in countries where, for example, in the United Kingdom, which is a highly developed country, yet still uses a lot of cash to this day. I was there quite recently, and I was using cash, and it really does feel different. There is a psychological difference、um, when it comes to losing that tangible object, and also you budget better. You immediately budget better, right? If you go out with a certain amount of money, you You know, you start to think, oh, how can I get the most bang for my buck within that? Let's say,、um, however much the note is worth, right?、Mm-hmm. Something like this. So, I think there is a massive, massive difference here. So, I, I understand the.、Um, I wouldn't even call this a phenomenon, really, because I'm so used to doing it in my own country. But I guess in China, these days, when especially in big cities like Beijing, everything is cashless, it is a bit of a phenomenon already, isn't it?、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、um, this is a little bit veering off the course, but I'm just really curious. How come in the UK and after COVID as well, people still use cash so often? Like here in China, I think during COVID, you know, you wanted to reduce any physical contact、mm-hmm. with a physical sphere. So I think it further pushed people to not、mm. use cash and just everything. Let's go digital, but. Yeah, like I'm just a little surprised that you know in the UK, you know, as developed as it is, but people still use so much cash. Why do you think is that? I think there's several reasons. I think it's mainly just about digital infrastructure. I think in China, aside from you know being cashless, just generally speaking, the digital infrastructure in China is so 
highly developed and so integrated. If you take an app like WeChat, right, it is so integrated into daily life with so many other things other than just being cashless, right? So um, when it comes to platforms in the UK, digital payment options have not achieved the same level of ubiquity for sure. Um, there's also quite a strict regulatory environment in the UK. Um, so bodies like, um, I know we have something called the Financial Conduct Authority, um, and this plays a role in like overseeing customer protection, which is a good thing, but at the same time, everything's very slow in the UK. And when it comes to stuff like this, when you have to have something you know, so widespread and being used by so many people, uh, sometimes this can be a, a serious challenge. Um, there's also uh, quite a lot of privacy and security concerns uh, in the UK. I think generally as a society, um, the United Kingdom is pretty cautious when it comes to things like this, which also uh, slows developments such as these down. Hmm. Yeah, I can really see that in China, digital payments is going just so easy and there's literally no barrier when it comes to payments so for instance i think in the past we all need to put in our passwords to complete the payments but nowadays you don't need passwords your phone scans your face and then the payment is done so that's how convenient and quick and easy every transaction is made so probably that's also one key aspect why today's younger people, we're not so aware or conscious of how much we're spending on these digital platforms. Hmm. So do you think that using cash would effectively suppress buying impulses? Uh, probably not. I think that it, if you have really strong impulses, like, you know, to buy things, I, I don't think that cash will um, completely negate that. I think that even before societies were cashless, people still had, um, you know, we probably still had shopping addictions and people still had buying impulses that, you know, they would give into. So I don't think it will stop it. But I do think that um, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that, as I said before, you know, having something physical and having this psychological attachment to money, um, seeing it build up, you know, literally like putting it in a box or wherever you're putting it under your bed or under your mattress. Um, I think that that can probably be quite exciting and can maybe help you to some degree. But yeah, I don't think it's just, it's an <laughs> overall solution, to be honest, for me. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, but Josh, you know what? In China, actually, an increasing number of young people, they're experimenting with this cash saving model. The example mm. that I just gave, this lady called Bagel, <laughs> you know, she searched online yeah. and she saw some of the influencers introducing this cash saving method. And for the past months, she has been withdrawing the monthly income from her bank account and put, mm. let's say, 2,500 yuan in an envelope. It's the money is for the housing mortgage. And Ooh. probably, yeah, some other cash, let's say 1,200 yuan for meals, 1,000 yuan for a living, 400 yuan for transportation. So she has divided her monthly expenses into different categories. And she would basically spend cash throughout the months 
But the, the obstacle she encountered is that it's really hard to find a cash register in some of the stores,、mm. especially in big city like Shanghai. So、mm. even for convenience stores, they have completely installed these self-service yeah, counter, yeah. and、um, they only allow mobile payments. But somehow these obstacles have really made her to spend less because you <laughs> only have cash. So she probably、uh, was thinking twice about making this payment.、Yeah. So. That's the comparison she experienced. Is that before she used to be living from paycheck to paycheck, but nowadays she can really save quite some money every month in cash at home. So, I think in a way, if you live only by cash, it's really difficult, especially in today's modern cities in China. But、um, it can be a way to feel that how much money you are spending and、um, be conscious about your spending habits. Yeah. Also, I'm not feeling this, but in theory, I think it works. <laughs> That is, you're only carrying a finite number of banknotes in your wallet, right?、Mm. So if it's an expensive thing, then you probably just don't have enough money、yeah. to pay <laughs> on the spot. Which, yes, this reminds me of、uh, a couple of days ago. I was trying to compete for tickets for a concert. That I would like to go to in April,、mm-hmm. and okay. So during the initial round, I just got none. But in a matter of like five seconds, I clicked again, and somehow I was allowed into the system. And there were only a very small number of tickets, the really expensive VIP <laughs> tickets left. And without thinking, you know, I basically made the. I didn't make any decisions. It was just all. Physical,、mm-hmm. and I impulse bought that ticket, which would be never the amount I would be able to fit in a physical wallet, which I have retired years ago, living in China. And yes, so if I was paying for that in cash,、yeah. I would not have made that consumption decision, but I did, and now. I'm trying not to regret over my、uh, my actions. So it's really interesting how the payment actually do affect our action to some extent. So guys, help me out here. What strategies can individuals employ to seamlessly integrate cash saving methods into our daily lives, considering the prevailing digital spending practices in China? Well, I think that. It's pretty well known, but it definitely works. Is to the first thing you need to do is get a, a, a get an understanding of your financial outgoings, and not necessarily create a budget straight away. But I think just get an understanding of how much you are spending on stuff. This can be quite difficult, I think, for some people that have never done it before. I know that I only did this reasonably recently. I think I started doing it a couple of years ago, and I'm still not great at keeping track of it. But I know that doing that really helped me and gave me some perspective, and actually just、um, gave me a bit of a better relationship with my money. I think and、um, made me, yeah, made me more cautious, etc. So if if you have no idea how much you're spending、um, and you're worried about finances, that is the first thing you need to do. I would say is,、um, and then of course after that, there are other things you can do. But that's number one. Okay, so what's number two then? <laughs> 
Um, I agree that track your spending is important because awareness is the key to make informed financial decisions. And also, I wonder I would ever consider having using more cash, using cash for my daily life. But um, probably we can set our own financial goals for the short term and also long term. Mm -hmm. And also, I would like to add number three: that is practice delayed. Gratification. Implement a 24-hour rule or something similar. A delay tactic for non-essential purchases, whereby individuals wait a designated period before making a buying decision, and this allows time for reflection and evaluation of whether the purchase aligns with our long-term financial goals. Possibly reducing impulsive spending tendencies, and you could resort to cash or just you know before you click on that. Button or tap the screen. Give yourself twenty-four hours, or maybe two hours. You know, maybe that will work.